Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast, ESPN LA. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky coming to you on Tuesday. Andy, the day after we all remember where we were for the Alex Caruso podium game. (laughs) (laughs) Alex Caruso, and, you know, good for him for having a good summer league game uh, in the wake of Lonzo Ball not being able to play because of a groin injury, or depending on who you ask, he's petrified of De'Aaron Fox. But real quick. How excited were you at the prospect of Lonzo Ball groin injury jokes? Because <laughs> I got kind of fired up. For they do it. write themselves. They do kind of write. I mean, it is as they say, Andy, low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Some would See say what I did there. Some would say low hanging lemons. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, ball and groin. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot to work with there. I'm excited. <laughs> that I'm excited. I mean, about. we are already in a lot of ways when it comes to juvenile humor, liberated just by the Lakers uh, drafting Lonzo Ball and the amount yeah. of time you get to say, say balls, balls, and ball balls. this and ball. I mean, it's out very and... similar. To, I, I love to talk about the Booby Gibson era. Yes, when on terrestrial. Radio, you could say "booby" as many times as you want, and the FCC double middle fingers, man. You yeah, you can't, can't do, do it. It's, it. it's the guy's name. Yeah, his name is "booby." Yeah, take that booby. government, "booby." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same <laughs> rules apply here, even though "booby"'s been out of the league for three years. Yep. Um, Alex Caruso, I a good for him for having a good game. B looks like, and I want to make this very clear. I'm not accusing him of this at all. I'm simply saying it's like the Dan Lebetard looks like game. (laughs) Alex Caruso looks like he deals the crappiest weed (laughs) in Los Angeles. No, he deals deals the crappiest weed in Fresno. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. LA's worst weed dealers look better than Alex Caruso. We are talking the worst times in all of Bakersfield. He has the the look of a very shifty and very, very low-rent. Pot dealer. <laughs> I, I have to again say, like, accusing I, him I am, of nothing. I am rooting for him to make the team though, because you don't see enough uh, prematurely balding guys make it in this world, mm-hmm. athlete, and particularly in the world of athletes. You're going to take him under your wing. I I'm just rooting for him. I mean, he's clearly. <laughs> it's been a long time, Brian, since you've had a mentee. He is my spirit animal. <laughs> like it's been a long time since there's been a professional athlete where you could you could take him inside and say, "Kid, look, I I, I got advice. I, for I you. understand what you're going through. First of all, he need he needs to cut it a little closer. <laughs> That's first rule. He's just and it's tough. You got to let it go. You got and I know he's only like 24. Mm-hmm. But like between, again, again, you know exactly between the Brian. goatee and the and the and the uh, and the other. So so I would I would tell Alex Caruso in the short amount of time that we still have together because I don't think the relationship is going to last all that long. Um, he'll be at training camp, maybe I don't know. All right, enough for that. But you know, uh, cut the hair, get a little <laughs> shorter, get a little closer. Um, it's just it's it's just part of the process. Yes. Man. Um, so good for him, but in the end, no one cares, and <laughs> <laughs> that's so awful. it's true. No, but like this is the problem with summer league, and like well, I was going to say, it's gets awful really... because Alex Caruso is better at he does Alex than what Caruso you and I have is, ever Alex Caruso is better lives. at basketball than I will ever be at anything, <laughs> right? And yet we're dumping, and him. I'm dumping <laughs> on him because he he sucks because he's not going to be in the NBA next year, right. probably. Mm-hmm. Although you know maybe, but whatever. The point is, I'm a jerk. <laughs> But we do this all the time in sports. Alex Caruso is in the top zero 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 one percent of basketball players, and I will tell you people that he's trash. <laughs> <laughs> he is far better than anything I will ever do at anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trash because we have Michael. He's gonna make a, he's gonna make he's gonna make hundreds of thousands yes. of dollars somewhere yes. playing basketball. But anyway, the rest of the summer league as yeah, far as I what just, people care about. And and this is where it gets tricky. I mean I, they 
they have at least one more game or two more games I as know. of Tuesday. They're going to be playing, but guys are out and like Hart hurt himself. And I'm not even try to remember who's got what other than Lonzo Ball. Josh Hart uh, Lonzo hurt himself Ball in a way has that a groin at, problem. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Hart hurt himself. Uh, I want to say either knee or ankle looked extremely painful. Yeah, uh, but, driving to the hoop. Uh, Kuzma has cramps. Kyle Kuzma. I thought that was Ingram. Or do they both have cramps? I think they both have cramps. So Gunnar Peterson doesn't hydrate these people <laughs> no, nearly well enough. He's a fraud. We were all talking about low-fat diets and getting in shape and all these things, but we need to remember he got to hydrate. Turn, it turns out uh, Gunnar Peterson was really good because all of his clients just got plastic surgery. Right. <laughs> they all just get For cool skull. They froze the fat. <laughs> uh, but I, I, my, I will say my one of my favorite moments of Summer League any in any team was Magic Johnson's reaction when Ingram had the cramps, like what turned out to be cramps, and he was like, "That's it, no more." He's like, "Nope, that's it. He's done." And like they pulled him off the floor for the rest of the of summer league. Yes. He scored twenty six or whatever in that opening game. They're like, "He's fine." Um, Magic was what Apollo's trainer should have been when he was holding right, that towel, the towel. When he, when he towel. And, and Stallone's holding, you know, Rocky's right. holding the towel. Like Magic, if Magic had been Magic in Apollo w- Creed's corner, Apollo would still be alive. Right, Magic would have thrown the towel. Yes, he would have. <laughs> he would <have> <laughs> he absolutely would have thrown Rocky it. Rocky is uh, Peter Thibodeau. <laughs> I was going to say in that Gunner. situation. Right. Uh, no water for you. Um, so, yeah, but it is it is striking how much your interest in these games. Unless, you know, the, the game Monday night against Sacramento is a fun game if you're into that kind of thing. Um, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> But like when the when the important people aren't playing, yes, it's just I just have trouble. But let's get to the important like, people, right? So Lonzo didn't play on uh, the third on, game. In the third game, but he played the first two. Neither really did Josh bad. Hart. Neither did Kyle right. Kuzma. He's really bad Brandon in the first one. Yes, or didn't shoot well in the first one, and, and then went better great. in the second. one great. Uh, had a triple double in the second one. Basically, Lonzo is seven of twenty eight from the floor, but had that triple double and looked very much like these sort of. Uh, distributing, exciting, slick point guard that people hoped. Yeah, there were there were a few things watching Lonzo that that really stood out to me. First of all, he sees the floor extremely yeah. well, and and I don't As mean just I, and I don't mean just like you know in completing passes. I mean like he identifies mismatches really well. Yeah, he's he's great. You know, he if if there's a, a guy. You know, if, if there's a guy with a smaller man on him, he, he he's going to feed him if in a way that, if nothing else, will lead to his teammate getting to the line because he can find right, guys he, getting fouled. Or, or, or the next pass or whatever. He processes very quickly. Yes. It's very obvious that he processes yes. very quickly. I mean, he you know, it's, it's a cliche that gets thrown around. He does seem to have a very high basketball IQ. Yeah. I mean, he just seems to understand the game well. And I also thought it was... I thought it was noteworthy given all the attention that's been on him and all the hype and, you know, his dad talking and whatnot, that he bounced back really well 24 hours later after a pretty bad game one. He did did not look good in game one. And I I look at summer. Summer league is, particularly for rookies, it doesn't mean a whole lot if you play well. It doesn't always necessarily mean a whole lot if you don't play well. Um, It's better to look good than bad. You kind of want to look, you know, you want – the second pick of the draft to look at least in moments like he's the best player on the floor. And he had some of that, particularly in the second game and you know, where you look at it and go, okay, I understand why, why they drafted this guy. Like I saw Hashim to in his first summer league and it was ridiculous. Like, like it, you could not figure out and none of us could <laughs> like, what the hell was, were they thinking? He, he we had no motor. No appreciable skills other than being really tall, and like you just you could look at it and see like this is a disaster. 
um, waiting to happen. And uh, you obviously don't get that with Lonzo. I don't know what any of this translates into into the regular season. What is obvious to me, though, is Lonzo mania and the and the hype and the 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 attraction that the Lakers were looking for. If they wanted the show, if that's part of the reason they wanted Lonzo, they're going to get it. They will. And I, I'm already kind of over it. <laughs> I've got serious Lonzo-induced cushlash uh, for those who remember uh, the movie. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, and I don't in, – the, the thing that makes me kind of sad is none of it is Lonzo's fault. It yeah, you know, it's – I think less of – I'm tired of Lonzo because of LeVar. Yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, Friday night after Lonzo had a really you know, pretty bad game, uh, LeVar <laughs> shockingly ended up in a media scrum uh, talking to people with microphones and cameras – and Lon's, and Lavar said, instead of going to the movies, everyone is watching the Lakers and the Big Baller brand. Uh, also, had mentioned that Lonzo has changed the culture of the Lakers, mm-hmm. and he said that now on a few occasions. I gotta say, look, I get, I get. I mean, we all know by now the Kabuki theater that's it's going showmanship. On. It's, it's I get a- that he's branding. I get that Lavar Ball is Jimmy Hart and Donald King and Donald Trump rolled into one guy. I get that he's. Playing to the cheap sheet, the cheap seats, and the twenty-four. Don King's mama calls him Donald. <laughs> Don, yeah, you're right, Donald King. Don, Don King, Donald yeah. Trump. Uh, I get that you know cheap seats, which is the same thing as the twenty-four-seven media. Stop crapping on the Lakers to sell Lonzo. I, I yeah, this, I agree. That's, this, it's an interesting way of this, putting it. This this habit that Lavar is starting to get into now of crapping on the Lakers to sell Lonzo, and maybe this is just the fact that I'm actually a fan of this team, even though I think I talk about them in ways that's pretty objective. Most people think I hate the team, so I must be doing a pretty good job. Stop crapping on the Lakers, because I don't care where the Lakers have been the last four years. LeVar and Lonzo need the Lakers more than the Lakers need Lonzo, and we know this because more than they need LeVar. Well, we know this because LeVar has not stopped shutting up about how badly he wanted Lonzo to be a Laker. It's also too. So you're going to start I think though you're going to start alienating fans because right now LeVar and Lonzo are lumped together by design from LeVar. So at some point, just stop crapping on the Lakers. I I just think it's. I just. I, I, it's not fair. The backlash against Lonzo, and there is one. I mean, it's it, it's around the league. You see it with the other players that kind of want to stick it to him and all that, and you see some fatigue or whatever. It's Joel it has, Embiid. It has nothing <laughs> to do Lamar. with the actual kid, and um, I, I it puts it does put enormous amount of pressure for him to come in and be awesome all the time. Like you know, he never has two bad games in a row. He never he's going to have multiple bad games in a row at the NBA level. Everyone does, except maybe LeBron. Right. But, you know, short of that, every rookie is going to have that. And, you know, the, the I'm I'm just preparing myself. I saw a clip this morning of something last night, like Randall was there. And, you know, they do in the summer league broadcast. They, they bring guys in for interviews and they do the split screen or whatever. And Randall was being asked about Lonzo. And all he did was just say really nice things about Lonzo. He's great, you know. So yeah, But the, the, the thing that got everybody's attention was he was asked, have you ever played with a guy with that kind of court vision? And he's like, yeah, no, I, it's I, I don't not really and whatever and everyone took that to be as a shot to D'Angelo, and I'm just prepared already for everything to be this sort of reflection of the the binary choice between Lonzo and D'Angelo and 
you know, he he does this and he never did this and all this kind of stuff. And it's going to drive me insane because two things. First of all, some of it's just going to be flat wrong. Russell did probably do a lot of the stuff that Lonzo is going to do. Not as well. He doesn't see the floor as well as Lonzo. Different player. But, you know, he played well. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a binary choice. And that becomes important for what we're going to get into with Paul George and the news that came out today with the Lee Jenkins article. It, it, they didn't have to trade D'Angelo to keep Lonzo Ball. That combination could have been really right. cool. I mean, there may be other factors away no from question. the court. No question. But as far as could they have played together, the answer to me and to most people is absolutely. Yes. I mean, um, I actually think they could have played very well. Right. Together. Defensively, it could have been a problem. They're all, there are reasons, but it was not a binary choice. Um, but overall, Lonzo, to me... Looks like I thought he would look. I agree. Very slick passer. I agree. Uh, very confident moving very the ball Very smart around. player. Smart player. Rebounds the ball well. All that kind of stuff. Which, he's exa- yeah. He looks like I thought he would. So I see these two games and say, okay, good. Yeah. He's not a stiff. Nope. Uh, I liked what I saw at Kyle Kuzma. Yes. In, the, in that second game you know, in particular, we had 30 points and 5 of 10 from 3. But also, too, he, he's another guy that when you watch him, you can see he's a smart player. Mm-hmm. Like there were a few times I saw where he ended up getting open shots, not not because they were running anything. I mean, they're, they're not running anything right now. It's a free for all. <laughs> but you could. I remember there was one time where Kuzma was setting a screen for a teammate that wasn't Lonzo, and he saw that both his guy and his teammate's guy lost him, mm-hmm. and he just popped to the top of the arc, and Lonzo found, found him in you know, a wide open right. three. There were a few times where Kuzma got himself open shots just because he read what the defense wasn't doing mm-hmm. on him. And you can see he just he moves to the right places. He you know, he'll he'll rim run at the right time. You can see why they liked it. Yeah, he, you know, he on paper he fits exactly he, what they want to do. He comes he reminds me very strongly of the the guy cut from the Larry Nance super handy to have around kind of yeah. thing. Like I don't know if Kuzma's ever gonna be great at anything. But he seems like he's going to be good at a lot of things, plays hard on defense, can hopefully hit a three-pointer. I mean, the 5 of 10 thing was nice to see. Obviously, he has to sustain it. But you just certain guys you watch, and we're not – we watch a lot of basketball, but we're not scouts. No. But you can tell this guy is just doing stuff that's that that makes the, the, the wheels turn. Yeah. And he's one of those guys. And as a forward who can pass the ball, who can rebound, who can get up in it. It looks like they did well for themselves in picking up that extra pick from Brooklyn. You know, used it well in the in the Russell trade um, for a guy who appears to be a solid rotation player in the NBA. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the, the shooting at twenty eight—that's good. The shooting that you mentioned, Brian. Like I, I saw after you know Kuzma went nuts from three. A lot of people on Twitter uh, hitting us up at Cam Brothers that they already thought that Kuzma is a better shooter. Than Nance or Randall, in particular, Nance. He probably is. I would slow down a little bit just because Kuzma was a guy at Utah that was always projected to be a shooter more than he actually was. Sure. And if you look up his numbers from three and compare them to Nance, they in weren't. College, no, they weren't that good. They're basically the same. They're, right. Sure. I, all I'm saying is he, I, he I looks he, like one. I mean, he he's may got a be, great. He may be only stroke. because Randall isn't. Randall's like a twenty-five. But I, but I mean, specific, but I mean specifically Nance. Yeah. Uh, because Nance around if I, thirty. I was going to say 30s. if I if I had to peg between Nance or Randall, who's going to end up a better three-point shooter? And the answer. 
very well maybe neither. <laughs> but if I had to guess between one or the other who could turn into a reliable enough three-point shooter, it would probably be Nance. Um, and I again, I mean, again, but the answer may be neither. neither. Right. But I, I would just say we're not there yet with Kuzma. But at the very least, I really liked what we saw. Yeah, he looked like the guy. He looked like all the things that made them excited. That I think, I, by the way, I had that backwards. I think it was Hart that they eventually took with the Brooklyn pick, but it doesn't really matter. Um, he looked like all the stuff that... You're correct. ...that they said they liked about him. Right. And Hart kind of looked like all the stuff yeah. that they said that they liked He's about He's aggressive. Him. He goes after a shot, you know, plays hard. And, you know... Lonzo looks like the guy that they were excited about. You can argue that maybe Magic might want to back off in the rhetoric a little bit, but not all the guys look like the guys that they wanted. And even Thomas Bryant looked like, okay, potentially yeah. useful second-round pick. You see why they liked him. The only guy who has really been disappointing of the players that matter in the summer league has been Zubats. He's been terrible. He has been horrible. And it's not even just like the numbers that he hasn't put up, because, again, it's summer league. It's He's made his presence invisible. While he's played, but more importantly, too, like second year guys yes. should look like the best guys on the Correct. floor during summer league. We saw, you know, Brandon Ingram's one game. I don't care if he got hurt or not, they shouldn't have him play again. I mean, there was no reason for I, 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 The only reason I would have him play is just to develop a little more chemistry maybe, with Maybe the other a guys. little bit. I wouldn't have him play a lot. You could play 20 minutes tonight, but I, 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 mean, I don't worry too much about, I'll let you see it with Fultz got hurt and guys right. get hurt, but I. The yeah, point is, you don't guys need, have to play basketball. He doesn't, not, he doesn't need it for right. his own development. Ingram's one game, even with all the caveats that it's summer league or whatever, he looked legitimately Yeah, it was like great. when the Jalen Brown game against Philadelphia. Like you, it. When I was saying before, like it doesn't with rookies, it doesn't really matter if they're great or right. greatness does in summer league doesn't necessarily translate. Terribleness sometimes does, but doesn't always. For second-year players, there actually is a pretty decent... D'Angelo Russell, his second year in summer league, looked looked really good. Brandon Ingram, the one game, looked good. You mentioned Jalen Brown. Like, Dante Exum. Has looked good. He's looked really... He's more in a second-year player. There's a reason reason guys like Dwight Bikes show up and dominate. Right. Because they've been in the league. They're older. You ought to. They they should. And so for Zubats, who is still young and didn't play, you know, hasn't played, you know, three seasons, but... It's disappointing for a guy who played very well against NBA competition to come out and have bad games like he has against inferior quasi NBA competition. And so, if you're if you're if you're worried at all or looking for signals at all from summer league that are disappointing, that's really to me is the only one. Yeah, and it's not you know cut him yet. <laughs> when are they playing tonight? Uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow. If, they, if he doesn't play well, then no, yeah, then you obviously. Cut him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's interesting. Point. I was listening to the uh, Lakers film room Sign podcast, uh, <laughs> and Darius Soriano, who runs uh, Forum Blue and Gold, made an interesting point that he he thought that it looked like Zubats had put on weight, which had always been talked about. You know, as a goal, like you know, he's going to lose the baby fat, put right. on muscle, whatever. But Darius actually thought that Zubats looked like he'd gotten too bulky, like that he actually had lost some of the mobility and the fluidity. That Maybe. he had, and that also might be really important, you know, in the modern NBA, and also in the way that Luke wants to play. And again, I mean, this is, you know, I have no idea about the the measurements on Zubats right now, but I thought it was an interesting observation. I'm, I'm going to be looking, if nothing else, I'm going to be looking closely at how Zubats looks up close in training. Yeah, or maybe he's just thirsty and Gunnar Peterson won't let him have any water. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we check that. 
Um, so that's that's the summer league, and I, I suspect most of the guys who, no matter how far the Lakers end up going in this uh, in this tournament, most of the guys that we're excited about probably won't play anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not you don't sit out Lonzo. who have been Ramona reported that he had been kind of felt that groin thing for a little while. <laughs> oh, you so love this about this. Um, you really want this injury to plague him his whole career, don't you? Yes. At least while he's with the Lakers. Yes, I do. <laughs> if that makes me a bad person, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to, and I'd like to point out how sad it is because he really is the jewel of the family. <laughs> um, That's a good take, racket. <laughs> Anywho, um, <laughs> but I just, uh, what were we even talking about? Uh, summer league. Oh, yeah. Nobody is important is going to play. Nobody right? important is going to play anymore. Um, the other big news. Let's get. Let's do Paul George next because this is directly relevant to all the stuff when you start talking about Lonzo and what's coming and whether they make a good thing with the in the Lakers offseason in general. Lakers offseason in general. What they haven't done this year, um, which is they haven't done anything. Right, Lakers have done literally. It's been a good off season for them. Don't get me wrong; we can talk about that. But um, at least it was until that Lee Jenkins story came out. But they've done literally nothing other than sign their own. Well, they've, they've taken they've taken meetings, but it's become abundantly clear they're not going to sign anybody more than one year. And for example, the, the meetings that they had with Paul George, which apparently were pretty serious. I mean, not with, with Paul uh, George, George, George Hill. Hill. I'm sorry. Uh, ultimately, George Hill, like a lot of players went for additional years as opposed to a one-year balloon payment. You know, there, there's talk about... Yeah, it went to know, Sacramento for like... Right, there, there's talk four. about, for example, like Contavious uh, Caldwell, uh, Pope. Caldwell Pope, you know, who's now unexpectedly an unrestricted free agent, uh, Detroit renouncing him. The Lakers are apparently very interested in giving him a balloon yeah, payment. Yeah, one year, $17 million right. or whatever. But he, it's not going to go any further than that, and there's a lot of, I, I guess, the consensus that KCP would get more than a one-year deal from right. somebody. someone. And that and that's becomes, it's like it's not even a question of like, well, maybe you can't even do the thing where, well, we get to hold on to him and see if we like him. Because you have to renounce a cap hold that big right. to have the space to do, to do the Paul George thing. Um and so, the, if you haven't seen it, the, it's a Lee Jenkins story on Paul George. And shockingly, it's good. It's always you know, he's such a jerk. I know he's so good at his the, job. I, and the worst part is he's maybe the nicest guy in the he, industry. He might be. So you can't even you can't resent Lee. Remember what we were talking about before about Alex Caruso being better at basketball than will be at anything? He's not better at basketball than Lee is at writing. No. And so, no. sorry, Alex. I mean, I've said it before. I think Lee is the best writer in, in the entire sports media. I agree. Um, so it's all about how, you know, the, the, the it's about George talking about L.A. It's about talking about um, Oklahoma City. And KD was telling him how amazing it's going to be and all these other things. Reggie Jackson told him the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so... And he was mad they traded him. The, the 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 key points, I think, for the Lakers are the quotes where he talks about primarily how it's about winning. Um, and I'll read this one. I hate reading quotes, but this is the important one. It's too early for L.A. It would have to be a situation where the ball gets rolling and guys are hopping on. This guy commits. That guy commits. Oh, bleep, now there's a team for me. It, would ha- it has to be like that. And this gets to the, the crux of the danger of – of 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 the strategy that they're going with, which is free up the cap space. You have space for two guys to come in or whatever. The one guy 
is always kind of looking for the other guy. And so, you know, it's very hard to get one person to come, and then maybe you have to wait a year and fill in the rest. This kind of thing tends to be a tandem. So No, NBA players, I mean, we've learned over the last, you know, four or five years of free agency, NBA players, you know, the A-listers, want to know exactly what it is they're signing up for. They are not going to leave anything to chance. They're not going to leave, you know, the will build around you. Uh-uh. Yeah. They want to know exactly what it and is. And so, like, you can, I mean, we've talked about the scenario. We did it on, on the air last week. Like, the Russ, the, you know, the Russ thing. Like, Paul George and Russ, because George talks about it, they could be great together. and they could, you know, It's a good pairing. They could, they could love playing together, and they could just take the whole thing down the road and play together in L.A. where they're both from. And that's a, a viable scenario, except... It also means that Westbrook's going to have to leave. It's, you know, George would have to leave like 35-something million on the table. Westbrook would have to leave like 70. It's a ton of money for him. He hasn't signed that extension yet. And you know, it's, it's just as likely to believe that they could get to the Western Conference Finals, which he talks about there. Like, what if we upset Golden State? What if we get to the Western Conference Finals? It's going to be hard to leave that, which was the danger in Well, in I mean, you, you know I, I in particular have been concerned about the idea – of allowing Paul George, if you're the Lakers, the possibility of falling in love somewhere yeah, else. And, somewhere. And this is actually also, too, I know you hate reading quotes or maybe even having them read to you, but this is also really important from this piece. When he's talk, Paul George is talking about you know, all the reports that you know it's Lakers or bust. You know, right. Sam Amick from USA Today reported that he's hell-bent on being a Laker. He says, it's definitely been overstated. For me, it's all about winning. I want to be in a good system, a good team. I want a shot to win it. I'm not a stats guy. I'm playing in this game to win and to build a legacy of winning. I've yet to do that. I'm searching for it. So I, right. the the idea that Paul George would just leave a winning situation, I we've seen a lot of players leave money on the table. Right. I mean, that's becoming pretty common. Right. Hayward's done it. Right. Durant's Hayward's done, done it. Durant, and, Dwight Howard yes, did it. Guys are starting to do that because the, the rest of these contracts are so big. Right. It's one thing, though, to leave money on the table. But with the exception of LeBron, which was a very specific case and also a bit of a cheat because, you know, depending on how you looked at it, he was actually joining a better team, even though that team in Cleveland hadn't been to the playoffs. You know, he was joining a younger team. He was joining a team with more flexibility for how to build. Right. He knew that. And he knew he could kind of make them into whatever he wanted to be. Other than LeBron, nobody has left money on the table to join a team that's worse than the one that they're on. And so and that gets that really gets to what I'm saying. It's like you the odds of them getting Paul George and then you kind of go, "Oh, they couldn't get the other guy. Wait until 2019." Okay. That that is smaller or or as small or it's a risky like just as almost as much as they could, you know, get 0 or 2. Like you have to get both of these guys, and so and then the problem is if you strike out in 2018, let's say you don't get Paul George, there's gonna be more free agents in 2019. So what do you do? Do you have another off season like this one where they're just saying no, we're not going to spend into our cap space, or do you say okay, we'll build this way, that way, or whatever it is, and start filling in the gaps around your younger players, and you can end up in that holding pattern. For a long time, yeah, we've watched careful. it. We've been that's what we, we've been doing. We watched it, and I, I don't like that. And this is these this is why you don't why this is the downside to building through free agency where cap space becomes uh, sacred, as Rob Palenka has talked about it. And 
it puts an enormous amount of pressure on them to deliver both of those free agents next year because if they don't get both, when you hear Paul George talking about that, guys are hopping on. Like that is a critical aspect of this. Like it got to be that group thing. And if they can't get two, they may end up with zero. And given that what they gave up to create the cap space for 2018, that would be really bad. Yeah, I mean it. It could, the, also, it could also work, no, I should it, point out, it could work out it, really well. It could work and out. Magic sales pitch is phenomenal. What, what, the optimism I is mean, amazing. What, what I think we're watching play out is the potential, you know, high risk, high reward. Yes. That, yes, that yes, comes yes. with the way they're doing this right now. I mean, there are definite perils that they could end up falling into by this thing not working. Mm-hmm. I mean, because to some degree, they're already pot committed. Oh, I mean, they, not even, they're, they're completely pot. When they traded D'Angelo Russell, they put themselves firmly on this path. This is the strategy. Well, this no, is but I mean, they, they, when, I, when, I, when I say to some degree, I mean they could change course. But if they change course, then they got rid of one of the young assets that theoretically could help. That, right. That's, yeah, all, sure. that's all I mean. But, the, but if they change course, it means they do it from a, relative, a relatively weaker yeah. place of positioning. What I also though found just really interesting about this piece from Lee, and I and I don't know Paul George well enough to know if this is sort of a reflection of how Paul George is, or if it's just Lee's ability to get stuff out of people because he's good at it, but just how open George was in admitting that he's mulling all this stuff over and the specificity with which that he's mulling it over because most of these guys in this yeah, situation like no i mean they they would say you know i'm not even thinking about free agency you know right now i'm a member of the thunder like you know i know you've been hearing all this stuff about the lakers but you haven't heard it from me like you know when he said that it's overstated he didn't say it's inaccurate he just said that the idea of i'm going to the lakers no matter what right but he and that, by but the he, way that is a good sign for sure the that, but, he but didn't it, say it's all bs You're right, right but but it's interesting though because most of these guys you know they they they're they're much they're much more sly and they they try to deflect a lot more yeah. than George did and i just thought it was interesting how much he admitted like yeah i'm thinking about all this stuff i'm thinking about how the wheels may turn for a few different teams but he also said look these are the reasons why i might stay in okc you know, Durant and Reggie Jackson both told me it's fantastic. I talked with Billy Donovan about how we're going to use our defense, which, by the way, is Could going be to be bananas. fantastic. And I'm playing with Russell Westbrook, and I think I'll fit with him really well. And he also says, too, there's no reason that we couldn't try to recruit people to come to the Thunder. Correct. I Part of what makes this jarring is that, and this is, and this is what it's going to be like for, this is going to be what it is for Lakers fans until next summer. Every time news comes out that's like this, that kind of punctures a little hole in the balloon, it it's going to freak people out. Because to this point, it couldn't have gone any better. Short of the Lakers get, you know, Indiana decides just to give George to the Lakers for Clarkson and a pick or something like that, which they just weren't going to do. The city he went to, very different than the one that he said before he went to OKC. And the the superstar that he he's playing with isn't always. And I realize now they're talking a lot. They haven't played together yet, and not always easy to play with. Um, so that's a yeah, thing. They didn't get a chance to with the Olympics because uh, Paul George got hurt. Right, and supposedly after the trade, his interest in L.A. still strong. If you look at LeBron, that summer for the Lakers in terms of re- coming up with reasons that LeBron would want to leave um, Cleveland. Cleveland, 
short of there are literally no good players left in the Eastern Conference, uh, has, couldn't have gone better. Like Cleveland has been ticking off LeBron since the beginning of free agency and all that. That's gone really well. So it's been this like, sort of endless parade, and you hear Magic talk about this plan, and it, he talks like a guy who knows the ending of the movie because he produced it, wrote it, and directed it. So the news has been unrelentingly good and positive and makes you feel good about where they're going. And now you get one piece of really critical news that changes the dynamic, not completely, because like you say, it doesn't say, I don't know where this L.A. thing came from. He just said, it's overstated. It's not L.A. or bust. It's L.A. is a really strong option among other potentially strong options. Including staying here. Including staying here. But that's a lot different than... Oh, Paul George is coming, which is what it sounded like before. I'll tell you, too, another reason that I think the narrative flipped a little bit is because OKC came out of nowhere. And OKC, like whenever everybody was talking about, you know, Paul George and where he would eventually get traded, it was typically through the prism of he's eventually going to be in L.A., whether by trade or by free agency, or he's going to end up with Boston or Cleveland. And you start thinking about, okay, can you walk away from Cleveland? Can you walk away from Boston, and you have an idea of all the particulars with each of those each of those scenarios. OKC came out of nowhere, yes. and it's it's sort of difficult to all and, of a sudden and, start. And he's done okay, really subtle, like interesting, subtle things after that. They oh, picked up Patrick Patterson, which was a great signing. They they were able to lock up Roberson, who will, won't have to do anything offensively for that team anymore. And now that defense is going to be bananas. the three point shooting that they used to lack is much better right. now with Paul George and, and Patrick. They've Patterson. done all this little stuff that you go, oh, wait a minute. Now Paul George and Westbrook, okay, that's good. Is that you know is that better than? What Houston has, it's certainly not better than Golden State has, but now they have a team that, okay, we're not going to outscore them, but maybe we can defend them. Maybe I mean, we're the they, one they team are, that can other defend than, Golden other State. Other than Golden State, I don't think there's a team in the West better equipped to defend than them. Yeah. And Their so, starting five is really good. It, it's just going to be nerve-wracking because the whole thing was predicated on, he's coming. Right. And it's, it's like, it's a sure thing. And now, and we all know, we all, we, everybody knows intellectually, it's not. It never is. And it may, the guy, we're focused on Paul George now, and in six months, five things are going to happen in the NBA, and suddenly three players that we didn't think were in play before are suddenly going to be in play, and that could change. It's, no gonna be, it's not going to be about LeBron and Paul George anymore. It's going to be about um, you know, Anthony DeMarcus Davis Cousins. and DeMarcus Cousins, or something, just two, two other players. But it's it just like because the downside is so bad, everyone wants – the feeling of inevitability, and when that gets taken away, and and look, there's still there. I think you're still going to spend a lot of this upcoming season with a reasonable expectation that Paul George is going to end up being there. You know sure. what's going on with the Thunder is going to be dissected to death. You know, it's in a lot of ways, it's going to be a referendum on Russell Westbrook. And this and this LeBron to LA stuff is not ridiculous. I, no, we asked this on Twitter at Cambrose what what percentage I would put on that, and I answered him. I was like, I have, I don't know percentage. But I do feel like, based on you know, read what you talk about with who people we've talked to, who we've talked to, it's not zero. No, is it ten percent, twenty? This isn't 30? like when LeBron took the perfunctory meeting. I think out of respect to Kobe, right? It was zero when right. he did that before. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not zero, right? And that that matters. Um, Either way, because uh, I know we want to talk a little bit about how the offseason shaped out. No matter what happens with Paul George or even Russell Westbrook at, uh, this next coming summer. OKC won that trade by a mile. Oh, yeah, great. I mean, Just at, getting out of o- Oladipo. Oh, absolutely. I mean, no no matter how this thing shakes out, OKC yeah, did a great. masterful job with that. Um, so 
you know, the Lakers haven't done it. We talked about the offseason. They haven't done anything. They're not going to. I, you know, people ask us all the time who they're going to sign. I have literally no idea. And, that, and honestly, I don't, I don't think they know. They don't, they don't know. And I, I think they're going to, you know, they need backcourt guys. They need guys in the wing. They seem Alex to be, Caruso. They, he might be. And they, they, it wouldn't shock me if they decide they look at Tyler Anderson, they look at Alex Caruso, and they say, you know what? Let's take the guy who's 6'5 rather than the guy who's like barely six foot. Mm-hmm. And Ennis is a little guy. Um, you know, the odds of, of you saying in two years or three years, bleep, man. I can't believe we will let Tyler Ennis, Tyler Ennis go. It happens. You know, Son Whiteside, whatever. I don't think you're going to regret that. Take a shot on another guy. But I don't know who they're going to sign. They don't know who they're going to sign because they have to wait until this, the wheel stops spinning completely because nobody is going to get more than a one and one Right. Nobody. And Which and, is correct, and- given... What they've tried to do. And also, just as importantly, nobody is going to turn down a longer deal with more guaranteed money to play one year with the Lakers as currently constructed. No, that is not going to happen. Um, so it limits your options. Right. I mean, it's I, I'm you, you know, with somebody I, like KCP take one year at seventeen as opposed to like two and twenty two somewhere else. Yeah, he probably would just to get back on the market. But he's not going to take one and seventeen over two and thirty. No. Or two and twenty-eight. No, I, I don't see that happen. Really quick, uh, this was something you and I were texting back and forth. Do you have any concern at all that the way they're going about doing this, with you know, an unwillingness to commit to anybody beyond one year, and it, and it seems like they've missed out on potential possibilities yeah. because of that approach, that like, it could the, the, like the idea of George Hill being on this team for like two or three seasons would have been, would have been amazing. Injury risks notwithstanding, but he's that, a perfect. What fit. a great backcourt pairing and then you put Hart behind both of those guys right, exactly it makes Clarkson George Hill flexible. absolutely could have been oh, the starting God, two for this team it would have been so cool do you have any concerns at all that the short-term development of the young players which you know in all the hoopla over free agency I think can be easy to forget that stuff matters a lot yes do you think there's any chance that they're missing out on possibilities to help develop these younger players um by by not putting better players around them sort of um, I mean, I think it's a missed opportunity, particularly like the the Zebo types going from one place to the other. But they've, they've theoretically still got that in Lou Aldang. I mean, he is there. I don't I think I need to remind. I don't think I need to remind people that Lou Aldang is still on this roster. Um, you know, Brooke Lopez will be a good influence. Corey Brewer, in that Corey Brewer will be around. He's a great guy. I just I don't think you know a year of Vince Carter. You know. That would have been cool. He went for. Oh, I mean, one even, year to but I'm talking even younger guys, like but, even like a KCP, for example, like even somebody like him. I mean, he's. I would say the upside of KCP isn't higher than okay. jettisoning the plan. I, mean, I like him as a play. He fits nicely because he's a really good defensive player. That's really the, the appeal. Shot. It's not really. His percentages are pretty bad, actually. He's a, I don't think he's ever shot better than like 35% from okay. three. I thought they were a little higher, but no, they're not. They've gotten him. You know, he was better last year than the year before, but he's still a low efficiency kind of guy. But he's, he's a been very, up and down. He's a very good defender. Yes, he is. And so you could look at that as a young backcourt going forward. But again, do you want to do that at the expense of the plan? No, not once you go. You know, he's not that good. Sure. So overall, not really, because I don't think most of the targets that are out there okay. are guys other than like a Gordon Hayward. Who would have been great? I would like I to think. think you, if, I would like to think that they had a legit shot at Gordon. They Hayward. would have done it. They, they wouldn't. Did, have, they didn't have no. The, but I mean that they right. wouldn't have like turned down a meeting because right, of, like, because yeah, they want to save it for twenty. Right. I would like to think they didn't. Right. They didn't have the room for Gordon. Right. Um, and so, you know, without moving a lot of other stuff, 
No, I don't. Okay. I'm not that worried about it. Right. I, I think you know they'll find solid human beings to bring in who will be structurally sound people to put around Lonzo and all that. And it'll be fine. Okay. Um, yeah, not worried about that. Um, anything else? Like any 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 individual signings? We're gonna get to. I'm really happy to see that Phil was not totally the problem with the Knicks. Um, <laughs> I don't think Phil would have done that no i'm i'm actually fairly confident phil would not have given Can you Tim imagine, Jr. a 71 million dollar this goes uh, this is a little sheet. like the andrew bynum thing like one of the reasons i would have won i i was very high on the idea of trading bynum was because i didn't i didn't want anybody connected yes. to the lakers to have to be in a position to go like do we give him the money that we know it's going to take for a guy that we are kind of sure is going to get hurt in, in in point of fact he has and but, is a complete bleeple in our locker room yeah I mean, we loved him. People thought D'Angelo was in We We loved Drew, but yeah. for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr., like, gosh, man, there are like three legitimate shooting guards left in the NBA. Like, there are none. <laughs> like, there are none of them. And, you know, you have a guy, and you're sitting there in Atlanta like, okay, we know we're going to have to overpay a little bit. Do we? How much do we really want to commit to Hardaway and this and that? And... I had read that Arnovitz yeah. said there was someone very connected. They were in the, the na- right where they were in the neighborhood of like I guess we could go up to like forty five, maybe forty eight, and maybe we feel bad about it, a little dirty. We wouldn't respect ourselves in the morning, but you got to do what you got to do. You need players. How stoked must they have been when the Knicks came out with seventy one, and they could just be like, "Okay, we'll just slide that contract." No, it's it's similar when the St. Louis Cardinals you. saw what the Angels gave Albert Pujols. Yeah, it just like, it takes all right, all right. I mean, it's like you know this agonizing decision about you, something that you know in the long term is bad for you, but in the short term you might need to do, and then somebody just takes all of it away from you, and in a way that makes it so you can't even be criticized for making the decision that you that you do. That was. Stunning. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Tim Hardaway Jr. can score. He is younger than you think. Like in my head, I was like, isn't he like twenty eight? But he's not. He's like twenty four or twenty five or something like that. So he's younger than I than I thought. That is a that is a tremendously bad idea. That is a huge Particularly in a time, but the other, by the way, the other thing that's happening for the Lakers that's been great is the cap is actually going down. Yes. So fewer teams have cap space next year than this year. All of it was going. Including now the Knicks. Including the Knicks. (laughs) But that's a big deal. The Knicks don't. So everything was going great. Like 100% perfect, pristine offseason for the Lakers, despite signing literally no one that they didn't draft. And then one stupid Lee Jenkins feature story comes out, and now everybody is upset. Uh, anyone else in the offset? I don't like what the Clippers are doing. I, I don't uh, like what they've been doing. I, I'm a big Gallo fan. I like Gallo a lot, that... too. I don't believe in the idea of locking up a front court of the future that you can't play together in crunch time. I, I feel like... I mean, unless they're going to start trading DeAndre for I don't, you know, yeah, different I don't, pieces. I don't totally know what they're doing. Gallo, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre, needs, I think, will become unplayable it's going down to put the stretch a of lot close of games. Pressure on Patrick Beverly to keep people out of the paint. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Patrick Beverly's going to, have to do really good work up there. I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's one of the offensively it could work. It could. I think a creative cool. coach could find ways to make it work. Right. So, that, who, where are they going to get one of those? I don't know. Lawrence um, Frank. Yeah. So Doc, I. Don't uh, know. I, I I'm interested in seeing it for the 35 games they'll be just, on the floor together. I mean, I, you like and I both thought like. the minute Chris Paul left, they should have just they blown, just blown it up. Um, I like Rudy Gay to the Spurs thing. I like I kind of, this is going to sound weird. I like what the Kings are doing. It's interesting. I mean, a, look, like they, ten guys like on rookie deals, at least half of whom look like legitimate. I don't, I don't, I don't know if any of them are transcendent, but you know, Buddy Heald looks like he's a player, and Collie Stein's a pretty good player, and. 
you know, well, more importantly, Fox. And, but then they brought in like good dudes on reasonable contracts, particularly to guys that I think they that they're counting on to really help with yeah, the culture. George Hill is going to be great Vince for Carter. them. Vince Carter is going to be Zebo loves Jaeger. Yes, I and mean, Zebo has become this culture guy, which but, nobody saw coming. By the way, which this, also too is important to remember with D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've seen it with Zebo. You've seen it with you know Meta World Peace. You know, there was a period where everybody said, you know, Pau Gasol will always be soft or Dirk will always be soft. Does De- Did D'Angelo breed some resentment in that locker room? Yes. Do I think he was unpopular with the coaching staff? Absolutely. He's also 21. And it's it's hard to be in a place where the context of every conversation is, are you mature? Are you immature? Yes. Are you, where the, the microscope is is very different. And it's different than the microscope that Lonzo's under. Yes. Um, because Lonzo is being pumped up and encouraged. I mean, again, different players, different context, different guys. And D'Angelo and D'Angelo brought all to himself. Um, but guys change. Context is going to make a big difference. I, I, I am rooting hard for D'Angelo. I really am, and, and I'm, I'm going to be annoying at times over the course of the season because people are going to say stuff about, like, you know, Lonzo's going to have some great eight-rebounding game, and people are going to talk about how great a rebounder he is, and, you know, that's not something that D'Angelo ever did. And it's like, are you kidding? That's like the one thing he always did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, the you know, D'Angelo Russell, by the end of the year, particularly if Lonzo struggles, is going to be – the worst player the Lakers have ever had. Yes, <laughs> yes, he will. He be. really is. He, you know, and it, it is it is going to be annoying for people like me who think he was a good player who got a, a bit of a raw deal here. Um, I like what the Wolves have done. They need shooting, but as Zach Lowe, I think very aptly put it, they're going to be unpleasant to play against. Yeah, I love Jamal Crawford on that team. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea for them. <laughs> Crawford and Thibodeau but they need are some, a really interesting. But they need pairing. some dudes who can just yeah create shots and score and yeah. like will just go do that. But I mean, they, they're going to be a very physical, very unpleasant team to yeah. play against. You know, sh- spacing issues notwithstanding, they've got two guys who can create their own shot, and Towns is his own factor to deal with. And if you tell you, tell you what, and if you tell. I know he's like 38. If you tell Jamal he needs to play 48 minutes, he'll do it. Oh, God. He is ageless. Yeah, I, you've pointed this out many times on Twitter. We should all love our jobs as much as yeah, Jamal I'm, Crawford I'm, loves I'm his. I'm just glad he's in a, in a, he ended up in a place where he gets One to be One of the, the nicest guys Such a great in the guy. League. And he just loves basketball. Yes, he does. Um, and so that's awesome. I don't think um, he has any other interests. Like his family. That's it. I don't know. He just loves basketball. Yes, he does. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. A little sad we didn't get a year of Dion Waiters. <laughs> Not um, at that price, though. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I'm that, very that is, curious to see where that, that was the That was one of those contracts where I said like, it was 4 and 52 yes. for Dion, and I was like, Ugh. and then the Hardaway contract comes along, and suddenly, like, no. year four of that Waiters thing is not going to be pleasant. <laughs> I don't know. Deion Waiters, I don't know you made the, you made the you, know, you talk about Tim Thomas this way. The old you know the old. Uh, I used to always say that Tim Thomas one year contracts. Well, no, only. no, no. I didn't say month, Tim, month, I, month. I, I used to say he, he should be like one of those apartments that you get month to month. <laughs> He's a lease, like a studio <laughs> apartment that you just have on a month to month lease. Right. Tim Thomas, like when I remember when when Vlad Rodmanovich reneged on the Clippers, he was supposed to re-sign with them, and he ended up going with the Lakers. And I remember, like, specifically going, okay, Clippers, don't panic. 
Don't do anything <laughs> stupid. And like 20 minutes later, it came across the sports wire that Tim the Thomas, sports sticker. That, that the Clippers had just given Tim Thomas, it was either a five or six year deal. Yeah, was, I was like, that, that is the was, very was, definition <laughs> of pay. basically because exactly Tim Thomas, I told you not Tim to do Thomas it. hit a bunch of threes against you in the Western Conference uh, semifinals when, when he was with Phoenix. Right. And this wasn't even one of those deals where you could be like, where you say like anybody who ever does anything against Doc. No. Or for Doc. Like, you couldn't even blame Doc for that. No. I, I was like, long you, before Doc. Tim Thomas should never be on more than a month to month lease. Yeah. Um, I feel like you are running a risk of Dion Waiters reverting back to previous form by signing him to a four year yes. contract. Um, but anywho, no, I think it's about it. And we'll see what the Lakers have up their sleeves uh, going forward. Um, I hope the Lonzo thing settles down a little bit because I don't want to dislike him. But I'm already tired of him because of his father. It's not fair. So we'll see what happens with that. And uh, end of summer league, and we'll be back at some point.